hello and welcome to this HFS Research One Office Hot Vendor podcast or video cast as we are increasingly doing today. Um, I want to tell you a little, little bit about the uh, company we're talking about today. It's Aura Quantic. Uh, they were founded in 2002. They're based in Valencia, Spain. Uh, used to be known as Aura Portal at one point. Um, and we think they're about as close to the low code, and they would say no code as a platform, as any we've heard any client attest to. Now, they're often described as an IBMPS, Intelligent Business Process Management System. The platform has approximately uh, 100 employees, though I suspect that's growing, and has amassed about 9 million active users across 27 countries. Aura Quantic partners with various system integrators and business consultancies, with more than 100 partners, including the likes of Accenture, Capgemini, Microsoft and PwC, spread across 52 countries. HFS designates Aura Quantic a one-office hot vendor because of a relentless customer focus, co-innovation and co-development of its platform, and for showing what successful low-code outcomes are in real life. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Ilian Radotsov, the Global Sales Director for Aura Quantic. Um, Ilian, tell us a little bit about what you guys actually do. Uh, thank you, David, for the nice introduction to our company and our organization. So uh, the, the key focus of Araquantic is, is really to provide the, the, the playground for any organization. It doesn't matter its size from a small 10 to 50 employee organization to global outreach companies with uh, 100,000 employees actually cover their necessities for uh, internal workflow automation as well creation for application that supports their business operations and this has been the focus of uh, our company since its beginning as you said in the year 2002 now almost 20 years ago when we were known as a bpm platform uh, with the name our portal which was completely focused on business process management. But as the years went on, of course, we uh, added more and more capabilities to the platform to become actually an IBPMS, which is an intelligent business process management suite that incorporates not only the process uh, automation, but as well anything that it supports around it, like for example, enterprise content management, document management, user interface design, mobile application, uh, artificial intelligence, and of course, the interconnectivity with all other platforms. So it is more uh, like, uh, I always like to call it, it's like the Photoshop of uh, enterprise IT. You have the tool, it's up to you what you create with it. I guess that's where your partners come in because uh, a lot of that must be, a lot of hand-holding for companies is helping them understand what can be done with the technology um, rather than just, well, we can automate this, we can put in the orchestration here, we can change a workflow there, but to what end and to what purpose? So is that something that um, you guys separate yourselves completely from? Uh, is there any element of it in which you're uh, holding your clients' hands or are you passing that stuff 
directly to your partner network to um, actually help them shape their their outcomes and their journeys? Uh, that is that is a very good point, David. So the partner network and one of the reasons why we have over nine million active users right now in the world is uh, not based on the fact that we are providing service to all of them. It's actually our network of partners who are helping them actually shape the ideas uh, into an actually working environment. So we provide the tool, we provide the expertise, and of course, any feedback for improvements, but it's our network of partners that are actually clo closely working with uh, the end customers, not only identifying needs, but actually even ideas that they already have, the customers, to use our tool to convert them into reality. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We're seeing a lot of that happening in, in the industry. Um, I wonder whether you could tell me, just roll back the years a little bit, uh, and tell me something about why the business started in the first place. Um, I find that when I speak to folks in, in this world, where they've they've launched something, they've created a startup, they've created a new business. They've done that for a reason. They've usually they're a bit annoyed about how weak something is or or something that needs putting right in the world. So what did you guys see as the problem? Uh, it's actually a, a combination of, of course, a necessity in the market, which was identified um, by our uh, founder and sole owner. Uh, for our company, which is uh, Dr. Juan Jose Trias. Uh, he's actually, till the day, the, the youngest engineer of, uh, in Spain. He actually finished uh, engineering uh, university at the age of 15. He is now already retired. But he saw this necessity by actually trying to help friends uh, that had small businesses and had some very bulky ERP system or custom-made software that were very focused on individual productivity, but didn't help actually to uh, connect the business between the different departments, between the employees, with their ecosystem. So the reason why we focused uh, in the beginning on, on business process management was this identification of this need actually personally by our founder. But the actual reason for actually going out and, and uh, finding a necessity to be covered is actually because um, uh, Dr. Juan Jose Trias is one of the most innovative people that have uh, existed at least uh, in Europe. At a young age, he already started uh, working in, uh, in oil and gas. Um, optimizing their industrial production and extraction. And at the progress of technology, of course, he, uh, he went with it and even developed one of the first uh, Spanish ERP systems for uh, not only for as an ERP, but as well as an accounting system. And uh, this, um, this um, product of his and this company grew to be one of the largest uh, ERP systems and accounting systems in Spain. Um, and of course, this has been uh, 20, 30, 40 years of path with technology with Dr. Juan Jose Trias. At one point, the company was sold to a um, Dutch multinational uh, conglomerate, 
And um, Dr. Rodriguez, of course, after working 40 years with people, they became his family. And one of the really important parts of the deal that he struck because he was actually retiring um, was that all his friends, you know, friends which were employees, actually keep their jobs uh, after the, the, the selling of the company, which didn't happen. So uh, Dr. Trias uh, and, and his commitment to not only provide solutions to the market, but actually as well protect his uh, employees and his friends, uh, created uh, our portal by covering this necessity in the market. I see. So, <clears throat> excuse me. That that's really interesting. That it's it's almost um, there's a there's almost a charitable part to that. But I think um, from what you're telling me, uh, this was a guy who probably saw another opportunity that uh, his friends could also take advantage of. So, fascinating story. Um, in terms of the Spanish orientation of the business. Has that led to uh, particular growth in Spanish-speaking countries first? I'm thinking quite often there's a connection with South America with, with Spanish companies. Uh, was that your route? Is that changing now? Have you got new targets in mind? Um, it is, it is um, the least part of uh, resistance, let's say it like this. Yes, we are a Spanish origin company, and of course, due to the fact that uh, the Spanish language is, I think, the second most spoken language in the world. Uh, and the first markets were for Spain and Latin America. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, of course, Central America and, and South America. So the first years, our uh, growth was commercializing the product in, in Latin America. But this was in the beginning, the year 2005, 2006. But after the first uh, time that uh, organizations of uh, business analysts started detecting our, uh, our product and our solution in really big organization, although with their headquarters or operations in Latin America, and we were mentioned in multiple reports, the expansion started uh, into the US as every software company is the mecca, of course, of any software utilization and modernization. So since the year 2009, we have been operating in the US and of course in the UK afterwards, then rest of Europe. And in the last five uh, years, we have done expansions to Asia and of course, as all the Middle Eastern markets. I should give you the opportunity to, to back up this idea that um, you have a solution that is virtually no code. So a lot of people talk about low code. A lot of people talk about no code. We're very skeptical about the whole no code thing. Um, so convince our listeners and our, our viewers that uh, what our Quantic has really is as close as possible to no code. Uh, that is uh, that is really interesting as a uh, as a trend because. We, as a company and product, of course, the terminology low code and no code, it's a, it's a terminology that has uh, taken hold in the last couple of years. But actually, our product has been uh, no programming required uh, solutions in the last 20 years. So 
the entire focus and the entire beginning, as I said, was to actually help companies and not help IT programmers to create products. So uh, the, the reason why we started as a VPN was because it was a graphical, um, a graphical composition model. So you were creating your little boxes of activities, connecting them, and this was actually creating the automation, it's creating the logic of the application. And as this is our main, um, our base, our origin, everything has been built on top of that. That means that uh, uh, even creating interfaces, integrations, everything is through graphical configurations without a single line of code. I think the best example of this is that um, uh, based on our latest internal studies uh, between our customers, actually more than 70% of the implementations done with our product are being done by employees of our customers, which of course, they are not IT people. They are business analysts, they are students, they are maybe um, a department manager uh, that needed some kind of uh, department-based uh, uh, solution, or even uh, people inside the IT department that are simply tech savvy. So they learned our platform and uh, became actually proficient into the solution. And I think the, 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 the good way of uh, actually giving a, a very extreme example is that actually one of our best senior consultants in our organization was previously a yoga teacher. <laughs> so it's not an IT person. And at this point, uh, it's helping organizations of the ranks of Nissan or uh, global uh, manufacturing plants like TI Automotive to actually automate and improve their internal procedures. So if a yoga teacher can help global organizations achieve what they need to achieve with our product, I think this is the easiest way to say it. I think um, yoga teachers ought to at least uh, know all about flexibility, which uh, is increasingly useful um, talent in, in large organizations. Um, so tell me, Ilian, I'm wondering what you're seeing in the market. You, you're a global sales director. You're going out pitching this stuff. You're talking to large organizations. What are they telling you that they want? What are they? What is it that you're finding is the thing that that triggers the sale? What are they most interested in having right now? Facing, you know, we're, we're in an interesting time. We've got a talent shortage, so no code solution. Uh, makes perfect sense for someone who's got bottlenecks in their IT department. Um, but it also means that we've got uh, the challenge of governing all of that when you have people heading in all sorts of different directions. So so what is it that, one, they're, they're buying from you? Um, what is it that's maybe causing the resistance and that you're having to tell them there's a solution to the problem you see? It is a, it's a very complex question, but I'll, I'll try to structure it into different parts. One is company that have identified an issue, and uh, an issue is actually a very vague description. Um, the search for a platform like ours is triggered by different factors. One is, of course, legacy substitution. So they have uh, um, accumulated 
a variety of vertical solutions that many of them probably don't have even any more uh, updates or maintenance or even the companies don't exist anymore. Uh, and the sheer fact that for doing um, even only one activity in their business, they're required to interact with five or six different products, software packages that are with different functionalities, they're not interconnected. Uh, the second one is, of course, the maturity level of the organization that recognizes, okay, we have a very uh, dynamic business that needs to change and adapt, and we need to have a governance on top of that. So we need to control actually this uh, interactions and establish procedures within our organization to actually make sure that everybody is doing what needs to be done at any given point of time. And that's what actually workflow automation is. Uh, of course, it is to simplify the life of the employees, but the main point is that even if a new employee comes into the organization, he can be productive because he is doing his part of the work and he doesn't have to think what happened before, what needs to happen afterwards. Is there a new regulation that changed? Is there a new law or company policy that changed? Because this is controlled by the automation. The second part is, as you said, uh, the, the necessity of businesses that are digitalizing and are becoming more digital and they generate bottlenecks uh, in their organization because the pipeline of delivering solutions to their business is simply limited by the resources of professional developers they have. And this has been changing very, very rapidly, specifically in the last five to 10 years, where the term of citizen developer uh, has as well been invented because it is an invented term. It's simply somebody who is not uh, an IT specialist can actually serve the business uh, by providing digital solutions. And of course, this is opening up uh, an entire new bandwidth of, uh, of delivery of solutions to an organization because they don't depend on this limited pool of IT specialists that are not only limited, but even the ones you have, have a very high rotation so they will change the company they will, and they leave together with all this knowledge about this very particular thing they have done so low code and no code solutions uh, like ours are removing all this problematic um, um, situation because everyone can understand it everyone can understand uh, what has been done how it's been done why it's been done like this and can continue the work or take it over and more importantly, anyone can train himself into it. So we have, uh, we're working a lot with universities and there are students that go out of the university with a business degree, but they're proficient in our quantic as well because they took a master's in process optimization and they did courses of ours in the university to learn how to use the tool to actually convert their theoretical knowledge into actually something that is operational, which is as well one of the models that our partner network is following. As you said, most of them are not only uh, system integrators, they are business consultants. So they, they actually take their business knowledge about the business and to, mm, trans, to transform it or even to transmit it to the business they work with, they need to show it. They need to uh, uh, to actually pilot it. And that's what they do with our platforms.
So there's a lot of <clears throat> lot to unpack. That I was really interested actually with the the university connection. Is is that in multiple universities or? Yes, we work with many universities all around the world uh, in master's programs and as well as uh, breakout sessions for their different tracks uh, in their studies. Okay, and the other thing I was interested in is whether you're hearing demand for or thinking of responding to uh, the idea of convergence between IT and business uh, in their automation. So um, obviously the, the, the kind of separate worlds at the moment, the automation in IT and the automation in the business, are you seeing any demand for those things coming together? Do you think no code and low code helps that happen? Um, and so where do you see that going over the next few years? Yes, so it is happening because uh, even the IT departments or the IT specialists want to provide a faster service to the organization they work for or work with. So of course, this convergence between uh, business and IT is already happening. So uh, what uh, many of you are calling a tribal structure. So it's a mixed team that is not a fixed structure that is continuously being uh, change in different tribes to actually provide service for specific necessity. And this mixture of IT and business, which is, I think, uh, currently being called the fusion teams, or so this fusion teams is something that uh, the more mature organizations are, are going ahead and putting into practice and not centralizing it in a center of excellence as it was before with a very close team that only takes one project, finishes, takes next, and so on. So this is happening. How I see the future? I see that this, um, uh, this model of uh, a fragmented uh, um, IT delivery will continue on. I don't see that centralized IT will work because it's simply an outdated model. I see how every division or even every uh, type of operations inside the business will have their own IT support in one way or, or another as a specialized IT or a citizen development so that they have a lot more um, reaction time to what they need in this moment. And th this is happening. Uh, we, we saw a lot now with uh, even the changes that every business has uh, gone through the last uh, two years because of the pandemic, how this decentralized model working from home actually provided an insight how you can focus on different things in different moments without even having physically to move or, or change the way you have been doing things before. And that's the way it's going to be forward. That's at least how we see it in the business and how we see it in our customers. That's what I was going to ask next, uh, Eliane. So how are you responding to that as an organization? What's your roadmap looking like uh, as a result? Yes, so what, what um, we focused on in the last couple of years is to provide, first of all, a better user experience, because uh, in the end, um, this is your digital workplace. The same way you like it to be nice, your desk, your uh, uh, everything around you and your workplace, the same way your digital workplace needs to have this really nice experience. The second part is because of this decentralization, uh, we facilitated to our customers and to our partners 
to even do more and more advanced, uh, um, let's say, features through this graphical no-code environment. Like, for example, uh, using artificial intelligence in everyday operations. You want to use sentiment analysis. You just enable it with one click inside a text box. You want to do uh, computer vision. You just enable it with one click on top of a, a multimedia field. Uh, so even more advanced features like image recognition, computer vision, sentiment analysis, and even machine learning algorithms to improve business rules will make them easier and easier through native connectors so that more and more can be done by those individualized developers or citizen developers that are not working for central IT. That's brilliant. Really clear and interesting and exciting vision for the future there. Um, and it, you're veering very rapidly towards a day in which anyone could uh, create a business process and automate it um, with all of the AI that will be required as we move into the interesting future that we are facing. I think increasingly we're looking, um, you look at Web3 and Metaverse and that kind of thing. You mentioned something really important there, which is the speed. And I think this is something that, um, let's say the old school IT still cannot comprehend how you can provide this rapid solutions to your business, not in the terms of rapid of old IT, which is six months to a year, but here we're talking about days and weeks to provide a business solution. Uh, so that, that is really changing really, really fast. And that's what's necessary because the only businesses that don't survive are the ones that don't adapt and the ones that adapt late. So you need everything to be really fast, really adaptive, agile, and be able to actually keep up not only with your internal changes of your organization and your business models, but as well with other external factors that could be regulatory or that could be actually in your ecosystem that are being modified and changed. A really, really important point. And as we, we discussed flexibility in yoga earlier, it's, it's also being able to respond at speed to the changes in the market. And you mentioned how um, the pandemic had changed mindsets. It's also changed our need to respond at speed, um, which we've now ingrained into to most businesses. So just in summary, and, and as a kind of final sign off, could you uh, tell our viewers what it is that they should come to Aura Quantic for? What it is that you stand out for, that you're the best at, that they should really check you out about? For well, the best we are at, it's clarity. I think that sometimes we overcomplicate ourselves with what we need and how we'll get there. And what we provide is clarity. This clarity comes not only based on the fact that we have 20 years of experience, which is a lifetime in IT, <laughs> but uh, as well the millions and millions of, uh, of users and customers we help, but as well the product itself. When you don't want to accumulate a forest of solutions to cover the needs of your business and you want it to be in a governance model that is in a platform that doesn't require 
your IT specialist to be involved in, and you want to deliver fast solutions with a really interactive interface with connectivity, that's where they have to come to us. Ilian, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. Uh, I look forward to, to watching the rest of Aura Quantic's journey. Thank you. Thank you, David. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you.